This episode brought to you by touchofmodern.com. With their 30 deals, 30 days of deals in their <sighs> holiday store. 30 days of deals. 30 days of deals, yeah. Chris. You can't beat that. That's a lot of deals. It is. It's 30 days worth. <laughs> You are a mathematician, if nothing else. Uh, here's what I love about Touch of Modern. Um, I've already capitalized on this. Sign a friend up, get $20, um, and get cool new stuff. Like, look, this is the coolest thing. They've got the UA, UO solar skin for the iPhone 6 and 6S. I've been honestly, no joke, I've been looking for one of these. It's a um, an iPhone cover. That also, because you, you know you can get an iPhone cover that has an extra battery left yes. to it to extend the battery. This it, has that. It's heavy and bulky because mm. it's got a battery in it. Right. This has that with a solar panel on it. Ah. So now you can just put your phone in any type of, it doesn't have to be sunlight, mm-hmm. on the dash of your car, on your desk. So your phone is always charging, taking a little bit of your eco footprint down a touch. Nice. And you're getting, a, and it's always charged. And you can also charge it through the wall and all that other stuff if you want to. It's normally forty nine bucks, twenty nine ninety nine. Part of your thirty days of deals. Oh, that's just one day of deals, Chris. <laughs> nice, that's fantastic. Uh, I what I like too is they kind of like categorize the products based on a person's interest. There's um, gear and gizmos galore. If you have, uh, you click on the gadgeteer, mm-hmm. and you also have the gourmet. And you also have Lux Life. There's also a couple that are a little um, nebulous. You have to click on them to actually find out what they mean. Yeah. Because they're branded oddly. I gotta uh, get this new thing. They got this, the keychain, the keyport has this like, they put all your keys basically, almost like it looks like a Swiss Army knife. Right. Because I got this big junkety mm-hmm. keychain thing. And it's mm-hmm. literally cut holes in my pockets. <laughs> I have too many. I have, th- have you clicked on the adventurer, Graham? No. You should what? click on the adventurer. What? There's a fedora hat and a bullwhip. <laughs> <laughs> well, who doesn't need one of those this yeah. Christmas? Um, well, that's where you get your survival knife. Yeah, you know yeah. <laughs> That'd be great. Ooh, uh, a car jump starter with air compressor. Yeah. Oh, and it's got jumper cables. That's awesome. You know what I did get? And this is something uh, I clicked on the gourmet. Um, we got new flatware. And it, it came in. It's fantastic. It's God. like, it's weird. Like, you never think like, well, it's just, you know, forks, knives, and spoons. Um, oh, wow. At least your heater works. So, yeah. <laughs> thank god um so it, it's weird where like you don't think that much of it but this silverware it's by um nork and it's actually ergonomic so it actually fits your big mouth hole better so <laughs> so you can eat better and easier i'm gonna tell you this right now at touchamodern.com <laughs> First, you got to get better to fit your mouth hole better. The adventurer should be called the spy. Right. It's all spy gear. <laughs> oh, cool. This is like a pick a Like little mini cameras yeah, and stuff. Yeah, exactly. But anyway, guys, that's what it is. Go to touchamodern.com. There's 30 days of deals. There's all sorts of different cool things. You can click on the different categories. Everyone, uh, for that man in your life who is either an adventurer or a gourmet, there's stuff for him. Yeah, there. This, is the, this is the best, like, I don't know what to buy this guy. Or answer. I didn't know I needed this yeah. <laughs> until I see it. <laughs> Touchofmodern.com, free to sign up. Work it.
Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 299. Oh, my God. Halfway to 598. (laughs) One away from the big one that we're actually flying across an ocean to see. Yes, yes. That episode is going to be great. This one, maybe not so much, but that one... Still going to be good. Still going to be good. Yeah. But, uh, yes, guys, it's amazing. We're almost at 300. Um, This is the martini episode. This it is. This is the martini up. (laughs) Nobody knows what that means. (laughs) There's production people that listen. There's, there's got to be some production people that know what that means. Um, so uh, yeah, we uh, we were going to release this. We were going to have a guest and everything earlier in the week, but I came back from China with a horrible cold. Mm-hmm. You can still sort of hear it in my face. Um, so I can hear it in your face. It is in my face, yeah, and I can see it in your nose. <laughs> weird it's, uh, the chinese coals are different they just operate a little differently it's culturally different type of thing um so yeah we're recording here friday the 11th um and i've just barely started to be able to breathe again uh and then we recorded a second episode as a penalty as a penalty for me <laughs> this is what you get for pushing everything back to friday um yeah we did the dvd bonus uh dvd mm-hmm. closet episode with jackie cation is going to be released soon too so yep. it's a little bonus literally episode. hours away hours away um so uh let's get into ep 299 we got a lot to talk about uh, for sure it's the holiday season. it is the holiday season did you see a holiday movie i did i saw krampus <laughs> Now, I will say, too, um, I was very, very excited to see this movie because I love Gremlins. I love um, the mixture of horror and comedy, and I love the fact that you throw Christmas in it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I was really looking forward to this movie. Now, I will say that I, I did like it. I, uh, it just wasn't the home run that I really wanted it to be. Mm-hmm. Like, And I will say, and one of the reasons, too, is this it was not an easy movie to make tonally. Like to really strike that right balance. Um, it, it did a really good job, but it wasn't like, oh my God, this is like a new classic Christmas movie. I'm going to watch this every uh. year. It, it didn't really hit that. Um, but it is a fun horror comedy. The problem is, a lot of it was like a missed opportunity. Like, you, I'm going to tell you how like the movie starts. The movie opens where, you know, they're playing, like, a nice, fun Christmas song. And it's literally like a Black Friday sale where people are just getting trampled (laughs) to, like, a Walmart or wherever. And it sets up the fact that this movie is going to be kind of like a biting satire that's going to use horror for those elements. It never goes there again. (laughs) It's more, you know, it's, it's a little funny, then it gets scary. And then I will say it goes firmly into horror territory. Like, um, it's weird how... It's really, the trailer kind of shows it as a horror comedy. It's more of a horror movie with a couple comedic elements and and scenes. Yeah. In fact, one of the jokes, um, when they're arguing at the dinner table, like, well, mine's good. Mine's dry. Do you want to trade? It's not even in the movie. Like, literally, a lot of the stuff kind of got taken out. I'm not sure if it was like a last minute decision to kind of change the tone a little bit of the film. Um, so it wasn't nearly as funny as I thought it would be, but I will say the horror is pretty horrific. Like it's really creepy. Like, uh, you know, there's some goofy stuff that that's fun with like, you know, the gingerbread man and come and attack you. But there is, there's a couple of like, you know, the creepy monster toys and, you know, the kind of the legend of the Krampus and what he uses to grab and take people. And, and, you know, none of the children are saved for sure. Like everyone pretty much is at risk and gets attacked. And it's, uh, I, I had an argument with my 10-year-old because she really wanted to see it. And, mm-hmm. you know, she 
has been watching a lot of the Goosebumps stuff, and she liked the Goosebumps movie. But this is not a movie for kids, even though right. um, it, it can kind of be you can kind of be fooled into kind of seeing how maybe it is, but it isn't. Like, even, like, Gremlins had some fairly dark parts to it. But at the same time, it wasn't too dark. Um, This one is very dark. Like, I can imagine, like, my daughter having nightmares after seeing this. (laughs) And and she said to me that, um, well, you know, if if you take me to see it and then I have nightmares or I don't, don't, uh, it upsets me, that's not going to be your fault. And I said, no, that would be exactly my fault. Yeah, that's that's the definition of a parent. That's exactly (laughs) what I'm not supposed to do. So nice, nice yeah. little negotiation. Yeah, yeah, it was it was a good try. Yeah, it was definitely uh, a good try. But um, so it, the debate went all weekend, and uh, I called Neil. Neil said, "No, it's not really for kids." And uh, then she kept bugging me and bugging me, like, "Well, you know, she's mature for ten. Maybe she can handle." It. I'm like, "No, this is simple. I already have my ticket. I'll just go. I'll preview it. That's what I usually do anyway." Uh, but she was relentless, so she almost wore me down. It got close. Wow. <laughs> So um, I saw it, and halfway through, I'm like, there's no way I'm letting my kids see this movie. (laughs) This is a great um, movie to see if, um, for like a teenager, like 13, 14, around there, if you want to see that with your parents. It's kind of like a, uh, because it does have some Christmas heart to it. It has like a little bit of like that family kind of movie feel to it, but... It gets very dark very quickly, and ultimately, it's about this family trapped in the house and with demonic toys and stuff pretty much coming after them to kill them. Right. Um, there's some weird things that they do with the actual Krampus uh, like legend. Like, well, wait. The grandmother has the story where you know she called the Krampus once, but the kid, like in the trailer, he just rips up a letter to Santa, and that calls the Krampus. Well, which which did it? Like, what what do you have to do to get him to come? And then what? What exactly is the impetus? What is he's exa- there for? What's the difference between these two things? And like, it didn't really get into like the specifics of the quote Krampus rules, <laughs> which I would have liked to see a little bit more to see kind of how it played out. Um, and it had, I, I won't give anything on the ending away, but it had like, let's say, an ambiguous ending that most likely would have also upset and frightened children. <laughs> ah, <laughs> so right. um, it was. It was a fun movie. I give the filmmakers and the actors, everyone, a lot of credit because this was not a, an easy thing to pull off. You know, you have a horror comedy that's genuinely terrifying and creepy in parts, and um, you try to also mix that with, like, a holiday theme. Uh, I really think it was, like, you know, it was good, but it wasn't it wasn't that home run I wanted it to be. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but Neil on the site, if you read a, a longer uh, written review, he actually really liked it. He'd resonated oh, cool. with him a little bit more than me. I, I, I was like, just wanting a little bit more. I was like, uh, I feel just, like the yeah. demonic toys is right in Neil's, uh, it is in wheelhouse. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, yeah. If you go into his apartment, it's, yeah, <laughs> he's, got the, he yeah, has he's them. surrounded he owns, by demonic toys. He owns demonic constantly. toys. Yeah. He makes them. He's yeah. A demonic yeah. Toy maker. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's got a side business. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, whatever gets you through yeah. eBay, I'm all for it. So it was fun. It was definitely worth a view, but it wasn't. It wasn't the you know the great amazing movie I really wanted it to be. But right. that's okay. Okay, it was still fun. Well, I ended up oh. seeing uh, Trumbo, um, uh, which we talked about. I know with Laura House uh, last week, and I and I really agree with everything she said. It's a it's a really solid film. How she should have known who Trumbo was before going to see the movie. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, it's it's they. It's, you know, it's what it's kind of what she was saying. It's it's just, it's Brian Cranston being 
really, really amazing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's him doing this, and uh, I can't even like. I'm still shocked that it's Jay Roach that did it. <laughs> yeah, that is just because you know. I mean, come on, Dinner for Schmucks and Meet the Fockers and all this other stuff. Dinner for Schmucks. It was also a remake. Yeah, and it was unwatchable. Yeah, it was terrible. It was a horrible film. I walked out of Dinner for Schmucks, and this movie is really, really amazing. It's got and its sense of humor is. <clears throat> it's the sense of humor. My guess is is the sense of humor of Trumbo. I mean, I don't know, and I don't. There's not a lot of like stuff you can watch of hearing how he talked, but I'm sure they had certain recordings and just how he wrote, um, and it was pretty fantastic, you know. And then just like um, John Goodman has a couple of scenes that are just hilarious uh, because what happens when he's on the blacklist is he starts writing for these guys, the King Brothers, and it's it's John Goodman and. and um, this other guy uh, from News Radio, I forget the actor's name, which is. Um, oh, this is driving me crazy. Anyway, um, they own uh, this basically, this, this, you know, this schlock house that just cur- churns out movies, you know? It's like, so he's, uh, it's, you know. He's like, what are you doing writing me this all this stuff about the social working man? It was a movie about a guy with a bug head that's like stooping women women in a hayfield. What are you talking about? Just write it. You know, like so it's just it's just that kind of stuff. And John Goodman just has a couple hilarious lines. Um, but really, you're getting to see, you know, how these people had to fight this thing and how the red the red menace, the red scare was, was so fervent in America and, and how the, and that there were groups of people saying, wait a minute, man, this is unconstitutional. And, uh, it does resonate to what's going on today. And, uh, do you think it was too Hollywood inside for a more broader audience? Or do you think they, they kind of, uh, pulled that back a little bit, made it a little more accessible? Boy, that's tough to say. I th- I personally think it is accessible because it shows people that are struggling against a system and it's a thing that actually happened. Right. And they use some of these real interviews of like you hear, um, you know, Lucille Ball and people going, hey, this is Lucille Ball. And I don't think it's, you know, we shouldn't. We shouldn't, you know, this is unconstitutional that we're doing right. this. And Gregory Peck and people that actually spoke out against this saying, why are we blacklisting people? Um, and then you see the the paranoia that swept through everybody, which, you know, we witnessed that, you know, in post 9-11 America. And we're yeah. witnessing it again now with yep. all these ISIS attacks. And it's mm-hmm. pretty horrifying. Um, and so, uh, you know, and the guy that plays John Wayne you know, and the, who John Wayne was and, you know, John Wayne was not in the military, you know, no. and, and so, but he was their best recruiting he tool, was their best recruiting tool. So, um, it was, it was, you know, it was pretty cool and it was pretty much, it was, it was definitely like, you know, the pen is mightier than the sword mm. and it's just great performances and it's, you know, it should get a lot of, a lot of Oscar nominations, I think. It definitely should oh, get okay. screenplay. It definitely should get, Cranston should get best actor. Uh, you know, it, it's, Diane Lane has a good part in it, you know, and and, and Helen Mirren plays that hit, heady, whatever, that ridiculous person. She played her well. And, uh, Hedy Lamar? Hedy, no, the, you know, the, um, <laughs> that's the, Hedda Hopper. 
this, the gossip columnist. That's yeah. who she was. So, um, and how much power she had and how much power the gossip columnists had back then um, and how much she abused it. Right. You know, and so, and, you know, there's some great scene where she, and this, this is true, and I've seen this in other blacklist things um, of how they went to the studio heads, you know, and were like, well, you want the, you want the country to know your real names? Mm-hmm. You know, um, so it was, it was, it was cool. I like it. Hmm. <coughs> All right. So the, uh, the next movie we wanted to talk about was uh, happy Valley. Right. Now this is, um, this is streaming right now. Yeah. This is streaming on okay. Netflix. Um, give me a sec. Sure. <laughs> oh yes. Need to go out and get a cigarette. Yeah. That's where I need a cigarette. <laughs> um, that would help my cold. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, it's uh, Happy Valley. There's a couple things called Happy Valley, but this is the one. Like I would type in Happy Valley, Penn State, and it's on Netflix. Um, and it's so, it's a documentary that basically t- takes the year after the Pennsylvania State, um, after the Sandusky thing. It, it kind of follows what happens in that town. Happy Valley is the name of the stadium. It's I believe State College is the actual college town in Pennsylvania. Mm -hmm. So yeah, Happy Valley is the name of the stadium. Um, And the director, Amir Bar-Lev, who has produced some stuff and uh, he has done a bunch of, he's done a bunch of documentaries. Um, He's done Fighter. He's done My Kid Could Paint That. Uh, He did The Tillman Story, which is a very good documentary. Uh, And so... He's a very good documentarian, and I'll give him I'll give him full credit because he just interviewed all these different people and just sort of let them say what they needed to say. And mm-hmm. the thing that's that's like almost is maddening a little bit is there's still people who are like, you know, hey man, Paterno did the right thing, and it's like they they go through the free report. I mean, they go through the release of the free report, which is basically, um. They knew about it in 1998. There was emails that he had abused some kids in 98 that they did nothing about. And then in 2001, and this is the most damning one, one of Paterno's assistant coaches, not Sandusky, this young guy, forget his name, with the red hair, saw Sandusky literally raping a kid in the locker room, in the shower, didn't call the cops, didn't stop the guy, just told Paterno. Paterno didn't call the cops. Paterno just told the athletic director. And there's all these emails saying, you know, Wow. <laughs> and it's like, and there's still people that are, that are Paterno's still a hero and they had Paterno's statue still up outside of the stadium. And there was a plane flying around saying, take it down or we will. Mm-hmm. But then there's still families coming up, taking photos with the Paterno statue. Like, Hey man. And there's people holding up signs saying, you know, 87% graduation rate. And it's honestly, and you talk to like the, then you talk to the, the attorney that represented the grown men who were coming forward. Now they're grown men. And, you know, one of them said when Paterno, because the crazy thing too, Paterno then got sick and died like a month after the accusations. And they showed the funeral and it's like the streets are mobbed. And this one attorney was like, one of my clients saw that and was like, I'm scared to go on trial because this man, like people, and this guy said, you know, you had to, he goes, you got to get outside of state college and kind of get the sobriety of it and the rest of the country. 
And this filmmaker doesn't, I, I don't like it when documentary filmmakers show a section of society and they're like, look at the weird, you know, and they shoot it and edit it and make it look like these people are weirdos. He just let these people talk and they don't come across well at all. I don't even think they can hear themselves talk. Like it's, cra- it's crazy, but you know, as a documentary film, he, he, he shows both sides and you hear one, you, they interview two of Paterno's sons. I think he might've just said, I don't know. He's, they interview two of his sons. I don't know if he had more than that and his wife. And his one son is like, I know to my dying day, my dad did the right thing. And you're just like, really? And the other son is kind of like, yeah, dad, this isn't, you don't look good at all. This sounds like, and this is the son's quote. You saw Sandusky anally raping a boy and you didn't do anything. <laughs> like, right. And then the wife, you know, they hired their own outside report and, you know, these fans and they're still tailgating and football's that important and- it's a culture. It's a culture. Yeah. And it really like, it felt like a cult. I mean, I, I, like as a guy that I played football and I, yeah, I loved it, I used to love watching college football and really got into it. You kind of go, to me watching it, I was like, oh yeah, this is what big business yeah. does. Well, it's, you know, when I was going to Temple University right. in Philadelphia, uh, when I was there, there was a strike. There was, you know, the teachers weren't getting paid enough, but uh you know, they're still playing football. Yep. You know, that was still, you know, stadium was still going. Everything else was still going. And there was even political cartoons um, in every Philadelphia newspaper just saying, like, you know, what really matters to, in higher education. And it shows all the science and math buildings closed, and then the football stadium is packed. And um, the president was just completely, you know, didn't care, like that kind of uh, – don't care, you know, that, that, that kind of like nonchalant, well, you know, it is what it is, you know, it's, um, no remorse at all. It I know was, it was unbelievable. It was, and, and, and you're, you're like, you know, there's this mural, uh, in, in, in state college of all of the great Penn state people and, you know, Joe Paternal's in the middle and they, they had a halo painted around him and then there's Sandusky and then they paint Sandusky out and then they paint, they paint over the halo you know and you know it's it's i felt like i was watching people in a cult i mean it was just like but you don't understand look look what he's done for all these kids and i'm like they did not they did nothing like and there's this one guy holding up a sign by the paternal statue basically saying paternal's you know paternal let this happen he enabled a pedophile and every time people are trying to take photos he's trying to stick that sign. So he's right. being, you know, <laughs> um, and people are like wanting to fight him. And, right. and one guy's like, Hey man, Paterno did everything he's supposed to do. And, and I, I would like to sit these people down and go, so if I he, saw your son getting, he was issue photo bombing. Yeah. He was issue. He was, yeah, he was politically <laughs> photo bombing. Yeah. So, um, and these people who are just like these diehard fans who honestly think- Yeah, like what if it was your kid? Yeah, what would you do? Yeah. Let's say I, I saw your kid getting raped and oh, I didn't call the police. I just told yeah. my boss. And then for another 10 years, <laughs> the yeah. guy kept doing it. Right. And raped other kids. You'd be- Oh, now, yeah, furious. But now remember, now I helped to graduate a lot of kids. Right. And, yeah, you know, yeah. I well, generate revenue. Well, then, well, then it's okay. Then it's okay. So, yeah. I well, mean, you know, the, the Catholic priest did a lot of good. Yeah, I know. So, it's exactly. Yeah. It's that same thing. I'm like, look at Catholic charities have yeah. done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's, it's fantastic to, to see well, this level of denial. And, and it always fascinates me, too, that why would you equate the two? 
Like, you know, yeah, the Catholics do a lot of great things. Sure. That doesn't excuse bad behavior. And also, on the other side of it, bad behavior doesn't erase the good stuff, too. They're, they're separate right. things. Right. They're, they're separate things. You know, you, you break the law, you get punished. That has nothing to do with how many kids graduate. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's too, like, I, I, I honestly think, though, the severity of the crime... It does does it does matter a little bit because it's like well Mussolini was a really good dad yeah he made the trains run on yeah, time yeah made the well, you know yeah. that's, that's, so what, what does it matter he was a fascist yeah yeah you he said people to I, their dads. everyone was getting to work on time it yeah was great I, I I can't there were no lines <laughs> yeah I mean Paterno graduated a lot of guys okay that's you know that's good but to me it's like this kind of undid everything. And I mean, then the NCAA takes away, and this this is a good this is a good debate in within the film. The NCAA then takes away all of his wins, right? And somebody says, uh, "Well, the NCAA is like really super corrupt," which they are. The NCAA profits all of all this shit, and then they come down. I mean, the NCAA gets billions of dollars in TV contracts for football and basketball, mm-hmm. and then they you know they they fine schools for illegal recruiting and shit like this, and right. and and you know the NCAA. You know, I'm sure they did. They know Sandusky was doing it. Probably not, but they have no problem with all the money Penn State generated them, and and uh, so that's an interesting debate. But it's 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 a it's a good documentary, and it, it I mean it will make you fucking furious. I'm sure it, it'll make you really. Mad. I'm from that area too, so I, uh, <laughs> I have a little personal connection over there. Yeah, it makes me not want to watch mm-hmm. football. Like I just sort of like I feel like. You know, I like these games and sports and their entertainment, but it's the money on it is so out of whack. It's so out of whack that we're just willing to abandon everything. Like, right. you know, what? there's so many analogies too. It's like, well, when a mobster gives money to charity, that's that. Yeah, that doesn't undo the. Yeah, sorry, you know, yeah, he's, a, he's he's got stacks of bodies in yeah, his backyard. Yeah, it's but like, no, he gave to UNICEF. Yeah, it's, it's like, <laughs> all right, that doesn't. He's not absolved. <laughs> You know, this isn't the Catholic Church where you can just hail mary your way out of a couple of things and you're good. But like, um, but it's a, it's you know, this guy's a good documentary filmmaker in terms of he documents a right. year. He documents mm-hmm. everyone's point of view. You know, <coughs> and he just said, okay, it's kind of leaves it up to you, the viewer. Well, that's what a good documentary does. That's what he does. He leaves it up to you, the viewer, to make a decision. Um, and it's uh, it's it's a solid film. So check it out on uh, on Netflix. It's live streaming. Excellent. Well, well, we got another sponsor. What? How can we yes, have two? Yes, I know it's crazy. Uh, it's the Christmas season, so we've got a bunch of more people selling stuff. Tipsy elves. Tipsyelves.com. Um, we got our Christmas sweaters in the mail. Yes. Very cool. There's a lot of ugly sweaters. It is a thing now too. It's like, can you out ugly your sweater? <laughs> Uh, there's a lot of cool. My, I think the one I was really torn whether to get like the gingerbread ninjas one, which is the one I got, or the one with Santa on a unicorn. Well, the one that's on the homepage right now, if yeah. you go to tipsyelves.com, there's Santa on a unicorn with a sword and they're flying through space. <laughs> right. I know. That's, I was thinking, oh, maybe I should get that one. So um, if I buy another one, that's the one it's going to be. Uh, yeah. And it's like, I got the one that said birthday boy. Um, with Jesus on it. With Jesus on yeah. it. Uh <laughs> There's one with Jesus and Chris and uh, Santa Claus taking like a selfie photo. Oh, that's great! Uh, it's it's kind of fantastic. It's but now, like like with all of our other um, sponsors, we're not going to let you pay full price. Wow, that would, would be crazy. Why would you? Do so 
20% off, tipsyelves.com, anything you order. It could be any sweater, any accessory, anything you want. All you have to do is use our code CFN. That's it, 20% off site-wide discount, tipsyelves.com. They got patriotic stuff. They got a deal of the day. There's a censored, there's like a Santa's, you know. Flasher Santa. Flashing Santa, and it's normally $64.95. Now it's on sale for $34.95. So, why yeah. wouldn't you take another 20% off of that? Come on, why not? They got Hanukkah stuff. They got everything you need. So that's T-I-P-S-Y-E-L-V-E-S, tipsyelves.com. Enter our code CFN, get 20% off, site-wide discount, and try to out-ugly your Christmas sweater. And take a, if you guys get one, take a photo of yes. your ugly sweater at whatever party you're ruining. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and Twitter us up with it. <laughs> yeah, send that from Twitter. Like you just face down in the bowl yeah. or whatever, getting fired. Do this at your office party. Especially if you get the Santa holding the sword on the unicorn. <laughs> Please get that one. Uh, all right, tipsyelves.com. Very cool. What do we got coming on DVD? We got uh, some really cool stuff coming on DVD. It's actually a, a, a big um, a big Marvel release, you know, right in time for the holidays. But first we have Minions. This is the, um, the Despicable Me spinoff. And I'll tell you, Universal's really pushing these Minions, like, know. you know, the, the ride, the land at Universal and... I don't get it. I don't get it. I mean, they're they're kind of funny, but I don't see I don't see the real giant appeal of the minions. And uh, but you know the movie did okay, and you know kids love it. But probably selling a million of these. Yeah, toys. yeah, uh, yeah. Most likely. So check out the minions if you missed it. Um, I'm sure if you like Despicable Me, I don't think it was that great either. I thought a mediocre movie had a spinoff, so I'm sure right. it's a. But um, if you like Despicable Me, and if your kids like it, they will like Minions. Um, Ant-Man, I, I really enjoyed this film. My whole family enjoyed it. I know you were a little more lukewarm on it because it was more of a family film mm-hmm. that was um, by no means a PG-13. And this is, again, with the the ratings are really just marketing choices yeah. at this point. I mean, you look at movies like um, Ant-Man, Krampus, The Ring, and The Grudge were all PG-13 movies. Yeah. Krampus, from what you just said, yeah, there's no, there's no be, yeah. it, it's it's not the only thing that I think kept it from R was the actual amount of like blood spurting right. type stuff, but it it was creepy and dark and violent. So wow. it, I I don't it, it's weird. Like I don't know where they draw the line anymore. Like what makes it that from that a hard PG thirteen to like a, a light R? Like where is that line? And I really think it's like I said, it's a marketing thing. Like what right. do they ask for? <laughs> you know, like what do you what do you want to hit? Like you want the PG thirteen? All right, maybe cut this a little bit or cut this. I think it's a little more arbitrary. Um, and on a side note, I will say, I think the movie um, rating system needs to be overhauled a little bit. For sure, I think there there's definitely too um, it's too heavily dependent upon marketing because they think a PG movie now will not get teenagers in or whatever. Um, but also. The video game industry has a much better rating system. Like it's, they have specific ratings, but also they tell you exactly what's in each right. uh, thing. Yep. Like to, to tell you why it gets mm-hmm. that rating, and there's more of them. You know, there. So I really think um, the they use I, a lot more detail. Yeah, there's a lot more detail, and I really think that the the movie industry could use, not a, not a complete overhaul. Maybe let's just say some tweaking. You know, but it definitely needs a little work. PG thirteen is too broad of a rating. Um, one of the things that also got released, and it's I think it's something like $200, is the Marvel Cinematic Universe Phase 2 collection. Ooh. I believe you get an Infinity Stone with it. <laughs> um, I hope. Yeah, a, a real one. And 
yeah, that's what they're for two hundred dollars. Yeah, it's the the last six Marvel movies. Um, I did buy the first Marvel Cinematic Universe Phase One that had like the um, Cosmic Cube in it. It's a great package. You get like mm-hmm. the the Shield uh, briefcase with the Cosmic Cube in, and then it lights up when you open it. it, it they are pretty cool. They're just a little pricey. Uh-huh. So if you just want the movies, you're probably better off just kind of buying them separately, especially if you don't need the 3D. Like a lot of them, like like the this collection will come with the 3D Blu-rays, the regular Blu-rays, and like digital. It comes with everything uh-huh. you would possibly need. Any possible way you want to watch these movies, it'll come with it. So if you just want the movies like in a certain flavor, I guess, just with not 3D, just get them separately. Uh-huh. Unless you really want an Infinity Stone. <laughs> uh transporter refueled uh yeah. i don't know anyone who even saw this movie as soon as you take out jason statham like i don't what's know. the point yeah i'm, I'm not sure it's just statham it's yeah. all statham or nothing yeah it, it, the title doesn't even matter it's just jason statham's next movie that's yeah, what they could whatever. call just statham yeah that's <laughs> just hold him with a gun and... statham two statham three yeah yeah and stay some with statham with car <laughs> yeah stay them in a tank top right that's all <laughs> Stay them barefoot. Stay them with boots. I love too how they they got a guy that kind of looked a little bit like Jason. So like they're thinking, well, maybe we'll fool some people into seeing this movie. We'll just no, no, yeah, no, you won't. No. Um, and the next movie on DVD is Knock Knock. Now I went over this movie extensively when I when I did see it uh, streaming. It is on DVD now. It is a complete disappointment from uh, Keanu Reeves and. Uh, um, from Eli Roth and like I said this movie is like a uh, a, a, um, a a stick of dynamite with a wet fuse I don't know what <laughs> happened uh, I don't know where it went off what happened off the rails and then uh, people actually um, but you sound, sound like but, they need a little Jason Statham they need, did need a little Jason Statham <laughs> Just the uh, tight slacks taking and, and, guys out. And people, uh, a couple of our fans actually uh, responded on Facebook saying it might be like a remake of this old Sandra Locke movie. And uh, there was like one that had like a similar plot. Um, if you look up Sandra Locke, it was like some weird um, exploit- sexploitation movie. And, uh, and then I checked and I'm like, no, it, there's no you know there's no credit for the remake and it looks like they just ripped it off and i said you know what if it is a ripoff they should have ripped it off better you know and uh so if you could find this weird sandra Locke movie that it's based on uh, good luck um that it's similar but because i really think it was uh if some if one of the filmmakers or someone of the writers saw that movie they just thought oh we could we could update this and make it but we won't make it a remake we'll just kind of put our own spin on it yeah the reflection of fear is that no uh -uh. willard it's it's Cover some, me, babe. yeah it's you know what i'll um i'll find it on facebook and i'll actually i'll post it on the facebook page outlaws josie wales it's not outlaw josie wales <laughs> the gauntlet is that it or yeah it's not the gauntlet oh, no, no. it's bronco billy yeah no, that's what you're talking about bronco <laughs> billy. Of course. Yeah, that, that makes sense. i wouldn't be surprised if it's not even listed on imdb <laughs> it's one of those weird i it felt like it was a deep google search that this person found it on <laughs> um so I, I i will look at it on uh, facebook Oh, any which way you can. Yeah. That, was such a, that was such a great string for uh, uh, Mr. Eastwood. <laughs> um, all right, what else is coming out there? Um, Mad Max. Yes, yeah, so this is one I wanted to see. I, I, I said before, I'm, I've been going through the Mad Max anthology in order to actually get to see these movies all the way up to um, Fury Road. And I will say, I watched Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome again. I haven't seen it for a very long time, and it actually surprised me. And the reason it surprised me was it wasn't as bad as I remember. 
So it was actually more viewable than I remember. After watching um, the the first couple, I, the first two, Mad Max and then Road Warrior, then I saw um, Beyond Thunderdome, and I just remember it being so cheesy and stupid. And I, I was watching, and I realized, you know what? There's some stuff here that fits very squarely in the Mad Max universe, really? for sure. Okay. Um, but I pinpointed where it went off the rails. It, it, when he gets to Barter Town and he's fighting in the Thunderdome, pure Mad Max. It's all like there's this two-tiered system where it's like right. the underworld or whatever, and then it's, you know, who li- the people who live up top and who control the power and all that stuff. But then after he's banished and he finds all these kids, like, it, it goes into this weird Peter Pan Neverland story. Like, and I'm like, what, what the, okay, this is where it goes off the rails. And it it was so weird to the point where, you know, he's in the desert, but then he he, he comes to this neverland kind of area with all these kids but it has water and it looks like treehouse it literally looks like um never neverland and it was a weird thing and they even use some of the terminology and they're like you know then you know you want us to we want you to bring us back home and all this stuff and i'm thinking you don't need any of this for this movie We're, we're at thunderdome we've got this class system we've got crazy fights crazy car why right. are why are we putting this other plot tina turner yeah tina it, so in a ziggy stardust outfit yes, it's it amazing was, yeah stay there you didn't have to leave <laughs> barter down so all that stuff um was a complete distraction i could see and this was the only pg-13 one and the only movie that george miller co-directed with somebody else oh. so it was you could tell oh, okay this is george miller oh this is the other guy this is george it's like almost like they took turns directing right um, so, but again, it's not nearly as bad as I, I remember it. I actually, uh, cause when you watch them in order, you see George Miller's persistence of vision. And the other thing is I started watching Fury Road again. Now I can see a lot more of the Easter eggs. Right. Like literally Immortan Joe's, his sanctuary is Thunderdome. It's literally, it's uh, the same structure and everything. So there's a million of those Easter eggs in them. You'll see oh, once you see cool. the other movies. So, Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome, worth a second look. All right. All right. Site Spotlight and fan feedback. CJ's review of Creed and the program. He has been on a tear right now, but here's actually some movies he enjoyed, so it's good. (laughs) And Neil's review of uh, Krampus. And like I said, he liked it a little more than I did. Um, It's probably going to be a classic holiday movie for neil (laughs) every year every year and laura house's review of trumbo we haven't gotten an article for her in a while and it was great to see um her back on the homepage. yeah it is i think it it it, it, that was cool that the movie sort of fired her up as a yes as a member of the writers guild like Uh get out there and bang the drum yeah i I do i i you know having her on the show last week and her review and then watching the movie myself it did feel like i want to you know like it made me feel like I've, i've always you know done some whatever charity work and this that and the other thing but it didn't make me feel like you know i want to fight for something a little bit you know i don't know it just it just made me and then seeing it inspired you it inspired me and then also seeing like you know uh this this bears mentioning you know jimmy pardo and pat francis and i think matt belknap you know they've raised literally i think hundreds of thousands of dollars for, for smile, smile train smile yeah. train and they're posting on facebook they're down in this city in mexico where people have the kids they're meeting kids that have actually benefited from that money. And I was just like, that's so cool. It's such a cool thing. A that those guys came up with this to do that. It's cool that there's an organization like smile train. And then that, that it's something, you know, like the podcast community has helped support everybody that watches podcast a thon every year and donates money. I've been on that show. It's a lot of fun. 
And the fact that people have... Yeah, and you guys are a big part of that. You yeah. fans. I mean, this wouldn't have <laughs> became as big as it was without you guys, without you guys donating and, you know, getting involved. And it just shows the power of, of you guys, too, yeah, the podcast community. And just what a cool little thing that they just said, oh, let's pick Smile Train. You know, we're comedians. Let's make right. people smile. And then they're actually down there in Mexico seeing where the money that you guys have given right. has gone and how it's directly affecting people. And that, that's just such an amazing... That's inspirational. Yes. Um, so that was really... Doing some good for sure. Yeah, it was really cool, man. It was really cool. So uh, watch Trumbo. Get inspired. Yes. Um, now, premiering this week. This is In the Heart of the Sea. Now, I. it's interesting. It's the story that inspired Moby Dick. Um, I'd like just to see Moby Dick. <laughs> I'd actually like to see the uh, a remake of Moby Dick. We're due for one. It's such an amazing story. It's completely allegorical. It's a very thick... Um, in a good way. It's a very dense kind of uh, story. Everything means something else. It's, it's very allegorical, but it's also um, a very uh, exciting story. Just uh, And it, there's just so much in it. I, I, don't, I have mixed feelings about this movie. I'm like, well, do I need to see the story that inspired this great story? Maybe I just want to see the great story. So I'm not sure how this is going to be. I can't tell. I mean, it just looks like it could be interesting, or is it just going to be a lot of big CG? A lot of big CG whale? Yeah, just... Everyone's going to shoot it, and it smashes everything. Right. Um, So I'm not sure. Uh, The Big Short. Now, this looks really interesting. Yeah, this looks looks fantastic. Um, Because it is... uh, Here it is. It's got Christian Bale and Steve Carell. Uh, Ryan Gosling is in it. Uh, and it just looks it looks fantastic in the sense that I mean, here's the thing, you know, it's it's outsiders. In the, here it is: four outsiders in the world of high finance who predicted the credit and housing bubble collapse in the mid 2000s decide to take on the big banks for their lack of foresight and greed. It's based on a book. Yeah, it's based on a book. Adam McKay directs it. Yes, and this is why I'm actually sort of intrigued. I I I like some of Adam McKay's movies. Some of them don't land for me. But some of them do. Um, I, I really love Anchorman. Uh, I like the other guys. Uh, but this seems like it's it's. I'm very curious and a little bit excited to see how a how a, a seasoned comedy director can handle this kind of serious. Do you thing. think he went? I want to do what Jay Roach did. Wow, that would be that would be awesome if he did. If he said they both went, all right, let's go for this. So, I'm going to redefine a little bit. This is what I want to do. I mean, why not? I mean, I think I think if you're a good director, you're a good director. Um, what I hope doesn't happen is that this serious, intense thing is becomes too wacky. Like it's dialed back the comedy. Yeah, it's dialed back, but it should be kind of serious and kind of biting and the, that's where right. the comedy should be. I'm hoping, but, the, and that's honestly what it looks like in the trailer to me. It yes. looks like it could be interesting. So I, I want to see it. And the next movie is going into wider releases. Legend. We had talked about that before. Yeah. This is going wide. Finally, this looks really good. It ever, the people I know who have seen it are like, Oh my God, Tom Hardy is going to get a nomination because he yeah. plays both guys. Yeah. It's great. We were talking about like, well, can he get, um, best actor and best supporting actor for the same movie. <laughs> it's two noms. <laughs> so yeah, I want to see, I'm excited to see Big Shot and Legend this weekend going wide. Very cool. So, um, I think that's it, friend. Two episodes in one day. All right, enjoy. 
You guys earned it. You guys, you guys really <laughs> did. You really did. Thanks for giving us stuff like Smile Train. Yeah, That's we really appreciate it. It's very cool. Love the, love the podcast community. And uh, so we will, if you're going to be in Melbourne next week, we will see you next week. And we will be reporting from Melbourne after Star Wars. Can't wait. Episode 300, our 300th episode will be a Star Wars Force Awakens spoiler app. Um, with a cavalcade of guests. With a cavalcade of stars. And we will release it. It'll come out sometime Wednesday afternoon, the 16th America time. Yes. Um, so you can choose whether or not to listen to it right away or wait till after you've seen it. <laughs> yeah, because it'll be a spoiler app. Yeah, man. we're going to talk about everything. Everything, everything, everything. We'll ever. put a warning at the top. Yeah, so... Um, and uh, December 20th, if you're in Los Angeles at the Hollywood Improv, we, at 8.30, Sunday, December 20th, we'll be doing a um, commentary on the Star Wars holiday TV special from 1978. Yes. And although you will be listening to the next episode with Jackie Cation, she can't make it. She can't make it. <laughs> so we still got to find a guest. But yeah. We'll get, we'll get somebody that's, that's good on this. And the tickets, I think, are like maybe eight bucks. Yeah. There's no drink minimum in the, in the lab. It's the smaller stage uh, over there. It's a cool little intimate 50-seat room. And take a break from the hectic holiday season for shopping and decorating and just come on out. Laugh with us with... Uh, for what about an hour or two yeah about an hour and a half yeah. the great thing is is so force awakens will have already come out so we'll already be all hung over from yes what the actual star the actual star wars movie which probably is going to be great and we can watch this tv special <laughs> to which, bring us back down <laughs> <laughs> which will just be awesome to see i haven't seen it i think since i was a kid since i was a kid yeah. so i barely remember it but it's going to be awesome uh, we're deliberately not seeing it again until <laughs> the show uh, yeah, December 27th, I will be at American Comedy Company with Doug Benson, uh, and December 28th, be at the Irvine Improv with Doug Benson. Uh, check those out. And I just did the, uh, Mary Lou Henner show, um, yesterday, and that will actually be up, I believe, as a podcaster. You can listen on her site. It was really fun. We talked about going to Australia and the, uh, Comedy Film Nerd's Guide to Movies. Uh, really great interview. It's, I'll tell you, she hasn't, like, aged a day since Taxi. That's awesome. It's amazing. That's great. Good for her. Um, all right, guys. Touchamodern.com. Tipsyelves.com. Yep. Work, holiday work it. Holiday work it is our 10% off at the Comedy Film Nerd store. Yes. Thank you guys so much for supporting the show and supporting the site and everything we're doing. Uh, Earbuds has been submitted to festivals. so we'll Yep. Everything's moving forward. Everything is moving forward. We should be announcing the PodFest dates pretty soon. Yes. Um, as soon as they're locked in. As soon as it's locked in. Looks like we will be at the Sofitel again. Yep. So we're just for sure. that, that, that out. Sure. Um, all right, guys. Thank you so much. Thank you to our guest, Nobody. And <laughs> come back soon. Come back soon. Great guest. Great guest. Uh, my name is Graham Elwood. And I'm Chris Mancini. And as always, remember, Han, Han shot first, especially in Australia. Yes. Yeah. <laughs>